Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Maddie, Gordy, Michael today on this very, very somber and uh, saddening Tuesday as the your Calgary Flames have officially been eliminated from the playoffs last night thanks to a Montreal Canadiens overtime loss to the Oilers where they picked up one single point, which is all it needed to send the Flames playoff hopes flushing right down the toilet um anybody here disappointed the flames aren't making the playoffs after watching uh the 52 games they've seen so far uh well not from the flames deserving to make it but it would have been nice if they could have had the chance to eliminate the leafs in the first round to end that miserable coverage from every single sports page (laughs) Yeah, see, I don't get that end of it because I don't live in Canada. So I'm guessing like that's probably like that the Leafs are like uh, Canada's Yankees or Patriots, maybe like just everybody talks about them all the time and they get all the headlines. Would that be a, a correct assumption? Uh, I'll respond with an example. And that would be that I've seen about three or four stories about Mitch Marner's mullet like today alone, <laughs> which like, I mean, <laughs> there's no justifying that at the end of the day. <laughs> Michael, uh, how you feeling? Uh knowing that um, the Oilers did their best to not help the Flames the other night and uh, gave Montreal at least one point to eliminate Calgary. Oh, my gosh. I was watching that game super closely, and, like, Nico Koskin is so bad. It's not even funny. Like, I was trying to, like, kind of hope for them, and he just let in a couple of weak ones. And Yeah, it's disappointing that they missed. I was kind of hoping at the very least they'd have, like, at least a shot for these four Vancouver games, so I'd stay kind of interested. But now with it over, it just feels like they're dragging things out for another week and a half now, which is just going to kind of suck in my opinion. Yeah, would it be in bad taste to just call Vancouver and be like, hey, can we forfeit? We'll just (laughs) – maybe we can split it. You'll take two points, you take two points, and we'll both move on with life. Uh, Maddie, um, you had it extra rough today because you had exit interviews with the Flyers uh, that you had to do Zooms with. But uh, if you want to tack in on that, that's fine too. But uh, perspective on the Flames not getting in. Yeah, it's – I mean, number one, like super weird just – like everybody's seasons are ending at different times here. Um, That's, I mean, I know it has to happen this way because of the COVID scheduling, but like, it's just so weird to sort of wrap my head around, but yeah, it's like a little bittersweet. I mean, I was fully expecting that this is how things were going to end. They don't particularly deserve to have made the playoffs, but like, it's a little sad to, you know, see it not happen and even the weird season being over is like mm. but yeah 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 I, I don't know I've, on my end of it I don't feel like like oh my god they didn't make the playoffs like I'm gonna miss it so much I feel like this was such a frustrating team to cover this year that it's almost kind of like a relief it's like well at least we don't have to watch that happen again I mean we got four more games but it's not like 
you know, we have to watch them go into the playoffs and struggle. So, but at the same time, it's like, he just felt like maybe it could have been a little better for them this year. Like things could have gone differently, but it's such a weird season. And Maddie, you bring up that point. The Flames still have four games left. The Bruins start their playoff series, what, Thursday or Friday? Like they're already in the playoffs while the Flames are still playing four just nonsensical, meaningless games against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, so, yeah, it's it's certainly kind of weird. And now it becomes a, where does Calgary go from here? I mean, obviously things have to change. There need to be some sort of shakeups. Um, Michael, what are your thoughts? Where, uh, uh, before we even get to that, these last four games, I guess – what do you do if you're the Flames? I mean, is it is it time to have bring up the kindergarten kids and put them in and see what happens? Yeah, I think like the first thing that I got to say is that they just came out today and put the two games next week in the middle of the afternoon on weekdays. So like I think we have to prepare <laughs> to see some all-star level game level of not giving a belief out there for those last <laughs> two games. I think it's just going to be brutal. But um, to I get think they to should go point, split yeah, squad like preseason. I was thinking double header, like back to back. Perfect. Just six, like periods six periods straight. Period we'll, yeah, or just play one giant six period game. That would be way more fun. <laughs> it's a weird season. Give the people what they want. But um, yeah, to get to your question, like yeah, I think at this point, if you're got, you've got to get in like all of the young guys you can, like. I don't want to see Nestor off in. I'd rather see Shillington and Val Mackey in. I want to see Phillips in. I want to see Godden in. I want to see Ruzichka in. I even want to see Louis Domingue get a couple of games just because he's been a good guy hanging around as the third string all year. Like, I think just have some fun, try some stuff, and uh, hopefully it's at least semi-watchable. That's all I got to say for these, like, four games. Well, to your point about Domingue, too, getting some starts, it's not like they need Markstrom to be in there anymore. Like, he's, what has he had, 13 straight starts, something ridiculous like that? Like, give the guy these last four games off and let Zaggy Doolin play. Let Domingue play. Like, whatever. I mean, you know, like, put anybody else in there. He's done his, he's done his, his job. He, he, he could probably take these last four games off. Gordy, any perspective on these last four games of what, like, you'd like to see the Flames do? I, I think Mike covered it all for sure. If, if there's not a, a influx of youth on the ice, then like I don't really know what the point of these last four games are. And if if Jacob Markstrom touches his goalie equipment in any of these four games, even to sit on the bench, like I might have to fight Daryl because like like they need to put that guy on an airplane somewhere hot and tell him see you next season because yeah, like <laughs> he's done his part for this team. Yeah, 100%. He's going to finish with like, he's probably, what is he, 17, 18, and three or something right now. So, you know, not not the best record, but not all of it been his fault either. He hasn't had exactly a, a super motivated and all-star team in front of him at times. So, Maddie, we know how much you love the kiddos. Uh, is, you know, is there hope for Ruzitska and Phillips and, you know, keeping Glenn Godden on, on the ice at this point? It's the only thing that seems to make sense, right? Um. Yeah, I, it sure does. But, like, weirdly, I, I don't know. I'm not super banking on them actually playing the kids like because we've been screaming for it for so long at this point. And they've seemed so reticent. I mean, obviously, things change now that they're officially mathematically eliminated. But like, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I I think they should be playing like as many kids as possible. Even rest some of your like the top players, like you said, with Markstrom. I mean, at this point. Like you don't want anybody getting hurt, like as close to a normal off season as you can ensure for yeah. these guys to get them ready for 
as normal of a season as we're going to have next year, like go all in for that. That's, that's really all I want to see. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head too. It's like, I think we've seen enough of Brett Ritchie. We've seen enough of Joachim Nordstrom. We've seen enough of Buddy Robinson. We don't need to see those guys in the lineup anymore. You got four games left. They don't matter. Just put, Kids on the ice, see what you have in Matthew Phillips. He seems like he's probably going to be a decent hockey player just based on the season he had this year. But Rosicka out there and just go, let him play. See if they jive with guys like Kachuk and Lindholm and Gaudreau, uh, Backlund, you know, those guys. And just see where it leads because, let's face it, these four games, other than pride and finishing up, you know, attempting to finish strong, don't mean anything at this point. They're games that should have been played. The flame season should be over. Um, so, you know, I guess it's just – throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And I guess that leads us into our next spot is where do they go from here? Like what Gordy, give me something Calgary needs to do to be more competitive next year, a better hockey team. Cause obviously what they did this year didn't work adding four, 700,000 bottom, $700,000 bottom six guys to punch up that roster. Didn't work. What, what do they have to do? Where? So what do the flames do now? Well, like this is this is just like the 2017 offseason where, you know, the second the playoffs end, it's just going to be major event after major event with the draft, the expansion draft, um, free agency. And like, honestly, they just have to forget about this season because there's nothing good that happened this year. And like the, the work for Brad or I mean, I know we'll probably answer some questions on this later, but Brad or whoever's in charge come off-season time like they just they really need to formulate a plan and decide definitively what direction this team is going whether it's full rebuild retool or stay the course but regardless of what they pick they just need to commit to it and honestly I wouldn't mind if they did a New York Rangers and vocalize that clearly to the fans or something along those lines just so this end of the world feeling in this fan base uh, maybe subsides a little bit yeah, no, that's a great point, Gordy. Something you never think of is like they don't, I mean, they're under no obligation to tell the fan base what they're playing, obviously. But still, like a rough idea maybe of what's going on where like transparency is there where like, hey, listen, it's going to be rough for a couple of years, but stick with us. You know, we might be back in a few. Uh, Maddie, what, do you, what are you looking for? Like, where, where, what should they be doing? Where do they go from here? Yeah, I mean, like Gordy said, I think a cohesive plan is the first step. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this sort of mushy middle trying to rebuild on the fly. Because it just, I feel like it doesn't work as well as teams think that it's going to work. And I'm certainly not advocating for the team, like, selling absolutely everybody, trying to bottom out and, like, win the lottery next year. Um, But... I think there's more building that needs to be done. And I think they have to be a little more real with themselves about exactly how much needs to be done. I think this sort of trying to have it both ways thing is just growing a little tiresome. Michael, to Maddie's point, um, the flames have pretty much been in a rebuild since we'll, we'll say like what, 1992 uh, soft rebuild constantly. (laughs) Like at that point, like uh, it's gotta be one or the other at some point. Right. Yeah, I think um, at least personally how I feel about the Flames is that they're kind of in this position where either or they're not going to be able to even kind of stomach a rebuild right now. Like you said, they've always kind of been that middle ground forever. But 
I just feel like with this management core, they just brought in their new coach. They have a roster of pretty good players that just didn't click this year. Like, I don't see them really just selling out after one season, especially with guys like Markstrom who just got here. You have some of your star players who had down years. Like, I, I don't personally agree with it, but I, I think they're still going to try and keep adding pieces for next year at the expense of either draft picks or younger guys. And it's kind of worrying to see because I really don't think they have a plan. Like Gory was saying, if they could come out and tell us like what their plan was, that'd be great. But I really don't think they have a plan anymore. Like what they had for this year blew up in their face and they're kind of starting back at the beginning here. And as much as we want them to sell or make some big trades, like I, I really feel like it could just be, the trades or the moves he ends up making just happen to fall into his lap. I don't think Brad Trillivings really has a great idea of where he wants to go with this team right now, just based on kind of the direction we've seen over the last few months. And you figure them, I'm sorry, Maddie, go. No, I was just going to say, I think the other thing too is I really want to see coach and GM getting on the same page because it seems like for a little bit now it's been like, Trilliving has an idea uh, in his head of what he wants the team to look like, how he wants to build the team. And that hasn't always aligned with the coach's vision and how the system is working and the particular skill sets that you need for that to be executed effectively. And I mean, whether we like or agree with the system or not, um, I do think you need to have both of those pieces on the same page or else it's just going to, we're going to keep getting more of the same run, here. We're running on the treadmill of mediocrity. Absolutely. Um, and you think about it too, like a guy like Daryl Sutter, obviously he doesn't have, Sutter's not here to coach for seven, eight years, right? He's not in it for the long haul. So I don't even think you can rebuild with him because he's not going to have the patience for it. He doesn't have the time to put into it. It does seem like it's going to have to be like a major retool and hit the ground running because I don't think, he sticks around for a rebuild. I mean, quickly around the table. Does anybody think Sutter's going to stand or be like, oh yeah, I'll take the three-year deal. And then if we're getting kind of there, add a couple more to it. I think it's like, it's three and he's like, I'm out no matter what. Right. Gordy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not been too pleased. I don't think with this group since he's come back and yeah, especially if they go down the uh, change stuff up uh, route and this team's not very good. I, I, Daryl Sutter's not a guy that, is a rebuild coach. He's a champion coach. Michael, you agree with that thought? Yeah, I think so. I think Sutter deserves a crack to really see what he can do with his core. I thought he played a lot. Or I thought they played a lot better the last four to six weeks or so. Even though they weren't always winning some of these games. Like I thought he, they seemed to be kind of buying into his structure more and it seemed to actually be producing pretty well. And yeah, I don't think, like you said, I don't think he's just around just for the heck of it. I think he's only here for a few years to try and win with this core, and I think that's how we're going to see the offseason play out is based on that idea. Matt, are we going four for four on this one? Yes. I'll keep it <laughs> succinct. <laughs> Perfect. You know, and you look at, too, when this season started, with the, even what the Flames have, bringing in Markstrom and everything else, you look at this, I mean, if the Flames falter and for some godforsaken reason – get swept by the Canucks, right? And these, they technically could end up being the worst team in the division. They could finish last. Like, did anybody see that as the season was starting that, you know, they, they hovered a little in the middle of the pack, but did you ever think like Ottawa 
might pass them and they would finish below a Senators team that actually started to play really well with a younger core as the season progressed. Michael, um, did you did you have a look at that and think, nah, Calgary will finish seventh? Because I think we all had them finishing fourth and getting that final playoff spot, right? Yeah, before the season, I wrote an article basically saying it felt like a boomer bust kind of year for the Flames. And I did say I could see them like really struggling to get things going, like ended up happening. And I thought it was wouldn't be a stretch for them to miss the playoffs, but I don't think I ever saw them quite falling to this level of last place and everything kind of imploding on itself. But um, no, I think that's what happens when you came into the season with a coach that basically was only the head coach because you left him as the head coach. You didn't make any outside hires. I remember Jeff Ward said, oh, I would have been fine going back to assistant coach. And for me, I think that just kind of, I know he didn't say it at the time, but that kind of mentality, I think kind of just set the tone for a really a complete failure of a season was to make those kind of decisions. But yeah, no, I, I didn't see last place coming, but I'm not totally shocked that they're out of the playoffs either. Gordy, how about you? I mean, you look at it when the thing started, we knew Ottawa was going to be bad this season. Just, based on the how their roster was constructed they're very young their goaltending is uh we'll say um sketchy at best um yeah did you ever think that wow think maybe the flames would be worse than ottawa this year um i think i got sucked into it a little bit from their decent i'll say playoff run last year but as the season wore on it it really dawned on me that this flames team felt exactly how they how they felt at the end of the 1920 regular season where they were just, you know, mediocre as, you know, as everything else. And I don't know, I, as the season went on and Ottawa started inserting more youth and, you know, the young guys play to win, they don't play to tank. I mean, did I predict it? No, but as this, you know, as the season's gone on, it's, it's not hard to have envisioned this happening. Gordy, are you saying something revolutionary? Are you saying that young guys can get on the NHL ice and actually play well and help a team win? <laughs> um, apparently in some cities, it's not this one. <laughs> I, I can see Maddie's smile going ear to ear. Go. Just revolutionary. What a concept. Right. I think Gordy should be the GM. <laughs> Gordy, you're hired. Awesome. Perfect. Well, it makes sense. Young kids are hungry. They want to show they belong. They're going to go out there and they're going to work their butts off. They want the contract. They want the spot on the ice. Whereas, you know, guys like Nordstrom and Nesteroff, are, they've been paid. They're out there just playing hockey. So, yeah, I didn't think I'd ever see Calgary. Because I remember at one point we were like, look, they're going to Ottawa for three games. Things are kind of amp right now. If they're going to make a trade, they should trade now because they can still beat the Senators with whatever they had. And then it just, all of a sudden, the bus lost its brakes. It caught fire. It was going downhill towards a gas station. Like, it just went horribly awry. Like, from the minute we thought, oh, they should maybe make a deal right now because Ottawa's here. And they can still beat Ottawa with whatever pieces they have left. They couldn't beat the Ottawa Senators with the good pieces they had. So it just... It's such a bizarre, bizarre season. I don't I don't understand. Well, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. When we come back, we're going to take some reader questions from Twitter and Facebook. So stick around. We'll be back after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
And welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Maddie, Gordy, Michael, we just we just did almost what sounded like the eulogy for the Flames season, but sadly for us, there are four games left, so we still have to have another eulogy at the end of the season, and then God knows where that goes from there. Um, we did post uh, that we were looking for some reader questions if people were interested, and uh, we got some good ones. They're all most likely, or mostly off-season questions because there really isn't much to talk about now. But um, at Flame Fiend on Twitter asked us, Wiltshire Living protect Geo? Um, uh, Michael, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think, is Geo a guy that's going to go in that expansion draft, or is he a piece that gets traded potentially? What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, to, to answer the original question, no, I don't think they're going to protect him at this point. I think it's just you have to protect Hannafin Anderson and Tanev. Like, they were your three best defenders during the season, and Hannafin and Anderson are young, and Tanev was fantastic. Like, I don't even think it's really a debate. What I am getting kind of worried about, just from, like, very minor things I hear on Twitter and stuff, is that they may consider, like, sending a pick to Seattle to protect Geo from being selected, which I think would just be a terrible idea, like, I love Geo from a fan perspective, but I think at some point here it's kind of just time. And if you expose when he's selected, it's not the end of the world. This team needs a, a big change, anyways. And if it happens, it happens. And I'd be sad from a like from a fan perspective. But I I think exposing him, and if he's taken or if you decide to trade him, I think that's a totally fine and realistic option if you want to really enact change with a stale roster. Okay, Maddie, no, we're not recording video, so nobody saw your faces. The question was asked, but go. It's, uh, <laughs> I love, I love, I, the reactions are my favorite. Uh, you're obviously, you don't think they should protect you. No, I don't. And even like the idea of sending a pick to Seattle to protect him that way is like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's just Seattle has very smart people running their front office. I don't think they would really even consider taking Giordano at this point um yeah I just know yeah I, I don't think uh, Gordy correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think Gio's one of those guys that like some uh, people are clamoring after like Seattle's like oh my god we gotta get him out of Calgary he's so good right I just it doesn't seem like Gio's one guy that's gonna be that will probably probably be targeted well it, it seems like that situation in the Vegas draft where uh, George McPhee, like, uh, like apparently duped other teams into thinking he was maybe going to take some guys just to get that bribe. But like, I, I honestly cannot vision a scenario where Seattle would take, would take Geo if the Flames gave them a pick to take him. So <laughs> like, like, again, not to bash Geo, I love him. No. But he's 37 years old, making $6 million. Like even an expansion team's not going to take that for free. So if that's the case, and I mean, I I think we all know who uh, who's spreading the rumors about that, so I won't comment on that. But uh, yeah. if that's if that's the situation of them potentially paying to not take Geo, like that is, I've defended Brad Chalving for a long time. I think he's a good hockey mind, but that would uh, that would definitely rub me the wrong way. Yeah, but then again, stranger things have happened. Vegas went all in on Derek Anglin, so who knows. Um, Carrie Faircloth on uh, Facebook asked us, who goes to Seattle from Calgary? Uh, what do you, uh, uh, Michael, uh, I'm staring at your map over here. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> you're first on the list. I have such a great selection of who we ask questions for. It's awesome. Michael, who do you think goes to Seattle from Calgary? Um, I've been kind of going over this the last few weeks, and like 
I agree with Gordy. I don't think Gio will probably be selected, but I don't know. I'm kind of still leaning towards that they might take Derek Ryan just because he's from Washington himself. He's up for a free agency anyways, kind of like England was a few years ago. Like, I wouldn't be shocked to see them take him if they're taking somebody at the NHL level. But if they're looking more prospect route, I think I would probably, if I was Seattle at least, I think I'd look at Matthew Phillips because he's a exciting young player that the Flames really haven't given a chance to. We're not even sure if they're going to give him a chance this week yet. But I think if I was Seattle, I'd go Matthew Phillips personally. Gordy, who do you think? Yeah, unfortunately, Mike kind of touched on the only two competent players I think that they could even select. Uh, Derek Ryan for sure makes sense. I still don't know why Vegas honestly took England when they could have just signed him. And I think it's the same case with Ryan, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure on that. Um, But yeah, Matthew Phillips is clearly the easy choice. But I, I mean, if the Flames are out here rumored to be paying to take guys why would you not maybe put together a package to get Lucic off your books a couple of years early yeah that that's the guy I was thinking I mean people are like oh he could go out there he could be a captain I'm like all right slow down like let's not get too crazy but he's a veteran guy you know it's a a nice way to you know a little parachute golden parachute on your way out you get to go to an expansion team you get to be a leader you know there's probably not going to be a ton of pressure in Seattle to win uh Maddie um Lucic maybe, or did you have another another player you think could be there? Uh, maybe. I mean, I was looking at the roster earlier, just thinking like, wow, I'm super not worried about the expansion draft for the flame. <laughs> that should be the slogan for the 2021 Flames. I, I'm not going to get my feelings hurt, I probably. So that's fun. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, it's not like this one person you're like, oh my God, please don't take this guy. Please don't take this. I mean, Phillips would stink, but then again, we've never seen him play at the NHL level, so who knows? And maybe the Flames are being super sly and not playing him at the NHL level, so nobody gets a look at him. And they're like, no, you definitely want Giordano. He's a good defenseman. So who knows? Um, so, Carrie, thank you very much for that question. Um, Rob Mitchell on Facebook said, who do you like for the, in, in parentheses, hopefully, new GM? Um Gordy, we know you're a big fan of uh, BT. I don't have a problem with what he's done. I mean, he had some hits, had some misses, um, like most GMs do in most sports. Um, I don't really have a problem. I wouldn't mind seeing him and Sutter work together for at least next season to build a core that works. Um, What do you think, Gordy? Yeah, I think this fan base is just, I mean, you, you can't blame the coach anymore if you're a Flames fan. Like, this is the 40th coach in four <laughs> years or whatever. But so it's, of course, the attention's turning to Brad. But I mean, with this flat cap and how bad the Canadian economy is, like, there, I don't, I don't see them going out to hire a, a new executive to take over this, at least not now. If they genuinely have plans to get rid of Brad, I would see it as like a end of next season kind of thing as stuff starts to get hopefully back to normal. So I, I think the the calls for a new GM crowd will be a little disappointed this off season. And honestly, I'm, I'm not in tune enough to know the, the up and coming executives of the hockey world. So I, I can't really throw a name out there, but I'll, I'll say I am a fan of players turned executives. So, you know, maybe we see Drome again. <laughs> <laughs> When he's not getting gas in Massachusetts at 4 a.m. during the snowstorm. Michael, uh, you okay with Tree Living coming back? I mean, because let's face it, if they get rid of him, you're basically starting from scratch. Like, it seems like then you're you're almost starting a rebuild, no? 
Well, yeah, that's kind of the main thing that I think a lot of people aren't really considering is that they want everybody traded off the team, but they also want to fire the GM. Like I, I think if you're tearing the team down, you want a GM and who's going to be rebuilding it his way. And so it's almost like tree living would have to be the first domino to go. And we really haven't seen or heard kind of anything about that. So I'm more than fine keeping him around. I think he does a good job drafting. He's done a good job with contract renewals. His free agency kind of stinks, but for the most part, I think he's, he's built a pretty solid team and I'm fine giving him one more year to kind of, See if he can work something else up before you go all in on firing him. I think it was a weird year, and like Gordy said, I think you have to kind of look more at the players and the GM really for how the season played out. Yeah, hundred percent, Maddie. Fire the GM, trade all the players, keep the coach, and move to Houston. What like what is going on? Like, are you okay with Brad Treliving coming back? Yeah, and I think for as many critiques as we might have about um, how things have been handled this year, the last couple of years, I. This season was so weird. We're in the middle of a pandemic still. And like everybody is going through it. All of the teams pretty much have struggled. So I think there is a little bit of like leeway that we can give him to say like, okay, yeah, like it was a weird one. (laughs) So, you know, see what you do next season. This is when it really counts. And then if, you know, you still can't get it done. Uh, then we're gonna, you know, have to talk about some some more accountability here. But I, I think he does get a little bit of a pass for you know the weird chaotic year. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't like many of the free agent signings um, that came in this year, but also again, weird year. You can't is almost impossible to make trades, as you see, guys had to sit and wait and wait. But could also probably give kudos to this team too because I think they handled the pandemic very well. Um, the Flames never had to shut down. Um, you know, it was, it was a very good season from them on that standpoint. So uh, yeah, a little, little golf clap for the flames. They kept everybody healthy. They couldn't win, but they kept everybody healthy. So I guess one out of two, uh, is not so bad. Um, I'll give you guys the choice. Do you want to take a Daryl Sutter takes over as the GM? We'll parlay into that question. Or do you want to do a Sam Bennett question? Um, somebody yell out one and I'll, I'll read the question and we'll answer it. All right, Gordy, we're going to touch on my favorite. Uh, Peter Broder on Twitter asked, was Sammy B really that bad or was he underutilized and now it shows? Um, Gordy, go. You picked it. You get to answer it. (laughs) Well, we we all know like Sam Bennett, he plays hockey when when the going gets tough. And I mean, he had nothing absolutely to prove when he went to Florida. And he's I mean, he's made the most of it playing with some really good players. but. I mean, it, like, like I know Mike has said this a couple times. Like, it's it'll be game one of the regular season next year. Where it'll be like, is has Sam Bennett completely changed, or is he is he just a streaky guy that can only get himself going when when the when the times favor him, not when you know he needs to play every single game. And like, I, I do think he was not utilized the best in Calgary. I think he had a, the shortest leash of any player in in uh, recent history, but I mean, he, he, at the end of the day, he got more than his fair share in the top six. He'd have a good game and then he'd go invisible for 10. And whether that's the surrounding cast he had here, or maybe he just didn't like Calgary, whatever the reason is, it just, I mean, I do the, it's, it's seven years of Sam Bennett now and nothing really changed. So, I mean, kudos to him if he really has 
flipped his entire MO of the hockey world around, but I mean, he's got to do more than 13 games to finish out this season before I really start to believe he's a changed guy. I think we could close on that, Gordy. Said perfectly. <laughs> Maddie, your thoughts? No, no, I completely agree. Um, I, I don't know. I think he was given his chances here, and I, I do think he's going to come back down to earth a bit, uh, for the, um, next season. Sorry, I could just like completely derailed the train of thought for a second, but um, yeah, I get it's easy to look at how well he's doing in Florida and be like, Oh, what might've been, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We we saw what might, we saw what was, and it definitely was not what might have been. So what was, was no bueno. Uh, Michael, um, is he, is he bad underutilized, you know, or is this a case of, I got a chip on my shoulder for a couple of weeks. I'm going to show everybody how, how great I was, how great I should have been in Calgary. I mean, I think it's a bit of a combination of everything. Like he's he's been good for Florida. He's he's had fifteen points now in ten games. Like he's been really good for them. But we can also see that he has had his ice time go up a bit there. Although in most games it's been still kind of similar to what he had in Calgary. So like I think it's just if you have to say it's one thing, I have to say it's mostly the chip on his shoulder. That's what he does. Like Gordy said, when it gets tough, that's when he seems to bring his best hockey and it just he he kind of had something to prove going to the Panthers after basically all of the Canadian media basically cast him off as a bust. So, like, good on him for really kind of turning things around there. But I don't know. I would be more disappointed about it from a Flames perspective if they'd only gotten, like, a fourth-round pick or something for him. But, like, I'm still pretty happy with what they got back. So, like, good on him. I hope he gets paid this summer. But I don't know. I, I think we'll have to wait till next year till we really see if he's actually a change player or if he's just – playing hot down the stretch for the team that rented him and maybe he'll have a good playoffs, but then we'll see from there. Can we all make a pact right now that after this season, we never talk about Sam Bennett again, ever. <laughs> can we do that? Can we make like a pinky swear pact right now? We can be done talking about him uh, before we wrap it up. Anybody have anything else they want to add before we uh, talk about this quick upcoming schedule? Daryl Sutter will not be the GM. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, we've already got to answer that question. We've already been through that once before. Not happening again. Uh, Flames' next game is this Thursday on May 13th. They are playing the Vancouver Canucks at home at the Saddle Dome. That is a 7 p.m. Mountain Time start. And then they're uh, Sunday. They're at Vancouver on the 16th. That'll be an 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time start. So that's the two games this week. And then the back-to-backs next week in the early afternoon. And good luck watching those games. Uh, imagine the ratings for those will be amazing if you enjoyed this podcast please search for us on google podcast you can also find us on itunes and spotify just search up the tinderbox or matchsticks and gasoline you can also find us if you search for calgary flames podcasts we are listed under there you can find us on twitter at matchsticks cgy on the internet www.matchsticksandandgasoline.com and you can find us on the facebook at matchsticks and gasoline as well Maddie, Gordy, Michael, thank you so much for coming on and starting to slowly bury this flame season. We can we can do it on uh, Thursday, May 20th. We can officially put it to sleep. So thank you all for coming on and thank you all for listening. And we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.